Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. excited to be here with you today um, because I have with me one of my classmates from chiropractic school, Dr. Lindsay Banks. And um, I love following her on Instagram. I love seeing all the all the things that she's up to there. And I wanted to just share her, her story, her journey, and what she's been working on. So I'll let you introduce yourself and share a bit more about who you are and your family if you want to and, and your practice and what you do. And we'll take it from there. Awesome, definitely. So again, my name is Dr. Lindsay Banks, and I am originally from the Midwest, so small town, Alton, Illinois, right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Most people have never really heard of Alton. If you ever heard of Robert Watlow, that's where he was born. He was like one of the tallest people. Um, <laughs> but currently, I live in Houston, Texas, and I'm owner of Healthy Motors 365. So I actually just started my own practice in January, but I've had the business for the last couple of years. Um, I also work in higher education as a department chair of health sciences, and I'm also a wife and a mother of two. So I have, I have a lot going on. <laughs> so yeah, you do. got a lot, but you can understand that you have a lot going on too as well. Um, but my mission with my business is really to, um, my focus is on women to help them eliminate some of the habits that can lead to chronic disease. And I do that by educating them on the importance of regular chiropractic care, of course, and then also I do a talk a, a lot about um, physical activity. I'm also a certified personal trainer and healthy eating. And one of the most important things to me that I discuss is having a positive mindset, because, of course, you know where your mind goes, the body follows. And that affects every decision that we make in our life, because everything starts as an idea in our mind and then it turns into our reality. So I really like to um, focus on helping my clients and my patients really develop a positive mindset. I'm just having a moment because as we've been talking, like before we were recording and, and now too, it's just really cool to, to like have this conversation with you because when we graduated 13 years ago, I yep. think it'll be 13 years in like two weeks. And there's like so much evidence of growth. I know, <laughs> it is. Is really I know. Cool. It, it's, it's amazing. And yeah. it's funny because the way that I remember uh, how many years it's been since I graduated, because like I, I was pregnant with my, my youngest Aiden when I graduated. And so I know, okay, he's going to be 13 this year. That means I graduated 13 years ago. That's how I <laughs> keep track of it because the time just kind of flies by. But the same thing with you. It's, it's amazing to see somebody that you went to school with thinking about when we first started, not knowing anything, being nervous and scared to see like, you know, how much we've grown, you know, as, as wives, mothers, as professionals. So it's, yeah, cool. I was definitely scared in chiropractic school a lot of the time, like adjusting to me, learning to adjust was, um, nearly terrifying and just like doing something that was so in my body and then having to do it in front of so many people was really uncomfortable, but I didn't really understand that at that time. Now looking back at it, I'm like, Oh, well, like no wonder so many people struggle through school because yeah. it really puts you out there. It does. And I'm by nature, it's uh, i I'm an introvert, which now as I've gotten older, I've learned to say like, you know, if you want to grow, you got to get out of your comfort zone. So now I'm getting yeah. more used to that. But even back then, because when I started school, I was only I was only 23 when I started school. And so, you know, I was, you know, one of the people that would just kind of sit there, absorb. And I'm more of a I observe and then I absorb the information and then I can I can regurgitate it, you know, but 
I was never the person that's like, oh, I'm gonna raise my hand. I'm gonna volunteer. I want you know, because I was just kind of like you said, scared, nervous, young, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I felt a lot like that too. And then, you know, sometimes in class, like I, I didn't want to raise my hand because I typically would have the wrong answer and <laughs> not really want to put myself out there that way. So I was um, also very introverted and like really learning in my residency to like learn how to put myself out there and overcome the fear of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. Cause I'd said the wrong thing and did the wrong thing a lot. So mm-hmm. And um, just had to like learn that it was okay to do that. And um, nothing bad was going to happen in most cases. Yeah. They were all learning opportunities. <laughs> yeah, that's part of growing. You, you, you know, you make mistakes, you learn the lesson and then you, you grow and evolve from it. And I think it's kind of come full circle for me because now I do work in higher education um, I used to be in the classroom, but now I'm in administration. So I, I deal with like a lot of faculty, student things or what have you. But the cool thing about it is, it's like I, I remember what it's like being a student and being in the classroom and being scared. So it allows me to have that empathy for students who may, you know, not necessarily be the person that's going to raise their hand or be up front. But knowing that they still, you know, they know the material, but it's just kind of bringing them out of their shell a little bit. So, Yeah. We talked a bit about this before we were recording, but I feel like there's so much need for women who um, who have children, whether they're in school or you know after school, if they're working as an associate, running their own practice. Like there's so much nuance that goes into adjusting patients when you're pregnant, for example, yeah. or like how you come back to practice and do something so physically demanding on your body after you've just grown another human being. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about like what your experience was like having a child when you started chiropractic school, having another one near the end of chiropractic school. And what, what do you wish that was either available to support more people with the same experiences mm-hmm. or um, that you had known that you'd want to pass on to other people? So my experience, like like you said, when I started school, I had a nine month old. And then when I actually when I got to outpatient clinic, I was about six or seven months pregnant. Um, And then I also did part of my externship at the VA. And so you think about as a student, even learning to adjust in the first place, sometimes it could be it could be difficult for some people. And as a, a woman being smaller, you know, I'm very petite. That was even more difficult. So even learning how to adjust with this huge belly. <laughs> um, it was definitely, it was definitely difficult. It's even now to this day, like when it comes to side posture, I don't really do side posture because again, I wasn't able to do that in school. And so I use the the kick move. So again, it's what I'm comfortable with. But one thing that I wish that I would have had more so now is, you know, you think about even chiropractic schools, they are is shifting as far as like the number of students. We have way more female students that are in the schools. And so, you know, you have women who are, have children already. So maybe even having support groups or even providing maybe daycare or whatever at the school. So that way, when you are going through school, you know, you have kind of a a support system in that. Because I mentioned earlier with, when I started school, my first child, he was only nine months old. So I really wasn't comfortable with sending him you know, to daycare. So me and my husband had to kind of alternate. He went to school in the evening and then um, he kept the baby during the day when I was at school. And so when I would get home, you know, in the evenings, him being gone. So now I'm in chiropractic school. So it's going to require studying and getting ready for things. And so I wasn't able to kind of hang out and build some of the relationships in school that 
some of my counterparts were able to do just simply because of my responsibilities that I had. And I remember, you know, in the evening, I would have my son on my lap, you know, studying. And I remember having like highlighter notes all over my stuff because I would give him something to do while I'm trying to, you know, study. And so it was definitely um, definitely a challenge. And I definitely recommend for anybody that's a student that's going through that. It just takes, you know, really buckling down and focusing on because, you know, it's a short short-term sacrifice for a long-term benefit, um, but definitely having more resources for, you know, women who already have children or plan to have children, because I went through this whole thing of saying, okay, do I want to have my kids in school before I have a career, or do I want to start this busy career and then have kids and stop? And so that even translated into when, once I graduated, because I graduated, I was seven months pregnant. I graduated, it was in August, and then I had my son in October. So you think about like that recovery time, then on top of that, like, okay, now I want to jump into a practice. I started practicing when he was four months old. And so I first, I started off in an independent, uh, being an independent contractor in another doctor's office. And I did that for about a year. And it was all about me like building confidence because I wasn't, you know, you're not, when you're new doc, sometimes you're not sure. I was the first chiropractor in my family. And so I wanted to build that confidence. And then once I did, I'm like, oh, I can do this, you know? Yeah. Then when I actually decided to do it and open up my own practice. I shared space with another doctor, um, Dr. Andrea Dalton. She was in our class too. Yep. And um, it was very challenging because again, at that time I had maybe like a three-year-old, no, four-year-old and like a one-year-old. And so trying to, you know, be a wife, a mother and balance a practice all at the same time, it was very challenging, especially when you don't see a lot of people that look like you are women, period, doing it. A lot of times you see the males and they're like, okay, you have a large practice, you buy all the most expensive equipment. And it's like, it really wasn't feasible at that time. And so I practiced for about five years. And then that's how I ended up transitioning into higher education because I enjoyed teaching. And then I got this awesome opportunity. I was a part-time adjunct and then I got offered a full-time position. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm struggling trying to build this practice with two young kids you know, why not take this position that I know my hours, I have benefits, it's more stable. And so that's kind of how I ended up into higher education. Now that my kids are older, they're 13, well, 12 and 17. um, Now I'm venturing back into that because now I have the flexibility because they're older and I can do more and they can even help me in my office, Um, you know. But yeah. even not knowing there's women now that they, they bring their kids to their office and you have all these different things and building a practice that works for you at the time. I didn't know I could do that, you know, and so I missed out on that because I didn't I wasn't exposed to that. I didn't know that. So. Yeah, I've been saying it for years. You know, we're basically taught like the one right way to build a successful practice is like see a lot of patients, work a lot of hours. Right. <laughs> like not a whole lot of guidance, but um, just work hard, hustle, you'll get there right. and, you know, expect to do that for seven to 10 years. And then maybe you can take a vacation. But if you have a constitution like mine, you're not going to make it seven years. Like my body just does not hold up to that kind of workload um, for that length of a, of a time period uh, before I'm like, nope, I'm out. Forget this. I like, and then I get to a point where physically I'm like, I, I can't. I can't do this anymore. And life is meant to be enjoyed too. So who wants to go seven or eight years from, you know, not having a vacation? Like you need a break. You need time to reset your mind. I recently was able to, you know, take about a week and a half off from my office. Wasn't worried about it. I went home, visited my, my, um, my brothers, my family. I went to my 20 year class reunion. Uh, (laughs) And it felt so like when I got back, I felt more creative. 
I had the energy. I'm like, I'm ready to go because I took that time off, you know, and I commend you because that's a lot. I listen, like I said, I listen to your podcast. I watch a lot of your videos and that you talk about that a lot. And it's true. Like we, you have to take a break to, to reset and be able to, to invoke that creativity back into your mind. So you're still working in higher education. You've got two kids or one's almost a teenager. One is a teenager. Yeah. You're married. You've got your practice and you've also started another organization. So tell us about that. And then I've got a couple of questions for you that I'm going to save them for after we discuss that. All right. So when it comes to uh, chiropractic women of color, which is a, a new group and I didn't originally start it myself. So I'll have to give you a little bit of backstory on that. So Dr. Raquel Webb, she actually started started the group last November because she actually she saw a need. She noticed that there were other professions that had a community, um, but not one specifically in the field of uh, chiropractic for women of color. We do have APCA, which is the American Black Chiropractic Association, which I serve on the board of that with another one of our classmates. She's the president now, Dr. Edwards. Um, but not specifically for women and some of the unique challenges that we have that we just we just talked about. And so at the same time, I was also thinking about starting something. And then I happened to run across her on Instagram and I started to think, like, why would I build something when I can join forces with her and build together? And so she had started in like November and then I came in uh, right in January. And so I was one of her first interviews on Instagram and kind of from there, the, the rest is history. But just to tell you a little bit more about the organization, the mission of Chiropractic Women of Color, which we call it CWC, so we don't have to keep saying the, the name, <laughs> um, is to motivate, inspire and mentor women of color who are also doctors of chiropractic. Um, it's not about and when you think about this group, it's not about division, but it's rather encouraging a group of women who make up less than two percent of the profession. And so when we say of women of color, we mean all women of color, not just African-American women, but all women of color. And it's funny because when she we, we thought about the name, it was more so like when we talk about women of color, it's not just black women. <laughs> There's lots of women who are women of color. Um, but even from personal experience, I think about it when I was in school from my professors to really early on in my career, I really saw one, someone that really looked like me in this field, especially someone that was considered successful. And I put that in air quotes because, again, we all know that successful is a relative term and it's dependent on what your definition of success is. But as the saying goes, uh, you it's hard to, to be what you can't see. And sometimes that can be difficult for some people to understand, especially when you always see people that look like you like all the time. And it's not to say that you don't care, but sometimes we have a scotoma or a blind spot until someone really like brings it to our attention. And so, you know, think about it like this, like from a young age, you, you rarely see yourself when it comes to even things like your toys, the dolls that you have to choose from at the store or movies, commercials. It really starts to ingrain something in you like, do I matter? Can I be this awesome person that I see all these other people being that don't really look like me? And oftentimes it can be difficult because you can be the only one in the room that looks like you. And a lot of times I've experienced that, but I actually, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in that because my parents actually sent me to private school when I was younger because they knew how important education was. And so from like preschool to fifth grade, I was literally the only person that looked like me in the entire school. And I'm honestly, it was not a bad experience. I didn't feel like I was treated differently. Nobody was mean to me. And this was in the 80s. 
you know, so I'm used to being around people that don't look like me and feel completely comfortable. But sometimes it was, you know, it was a little um, uncomfortable. But to kind of circle back around to the whole goal of CWC is to show the world that we exist, we're competent, and we're just as capable as our counterparts in serving the chiropractic profession. And, you know, you can even understand as being a woman in chiropractic theory, you're also a minority in the chiropractic field because it's predominantly white male. And so adding on to that now, we being a a double minority, also being a woman and a black woman or Hispanic woman, Asian, Native American, there's so many different minorities. And so um, that's why it's called women of color. So that's a little bit about the organization and, and, and why it came into play. And so right now, we do interviews every Friday on Instagram at 1.30. We interview a different chiropractor. And we just kind of talk about, we ask, um, we ask them to share their experiences, their journey in school, their career, um, just to show, you know, that we are here, uh, we exist, and that we're ready to serve in any capacity that anybody gives us the opportunity to do so. And so it's like I said, it's just creating a platform. And right now it's just the interviews, but we are really working towards some of the legalities in the background because there's so much more that we're going to do. Like I said, it's still fairly new, um, but there's a lot more in store. So it's amazing. And I love that you have like taken the lead on this organization and just simply that it exists at all, right? Because there's this notion that, and I'm not saying that this shouldn't happen, that there's this notion that like the events for continuing education or like the homecomings, they should um, be more diverse. Yes, they should be more diverse. But what you have done is like, you've just taken um, a need that was available and you've said, okay, here's the need, like we're gonna create our own platform right? Yeah. Instead of waiting for someone else to like understand and realize why they need to do it for you. So it's a little bit like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more empowering to just say, you know what? I, I don't need to wait for you. I'm just yeah. going to, I'm going to create my own platform. I'm going to create my own stage that we're all going to stand on together. Right. And, um, and you do that every Friday. <laughs> and that's what it's about. And like I said, I don't want to like take all the credit because again, like I said, Dr. Raquel Webb, she's actually, we have a, a board and we're getting ready to introduce them. She's actually the, the founder and the president and I'm the vice president of the organization. So I want to make sure that we give credit to her as well. Yeah, thank um, you. But um, like you said, it's like, you know, not necessarily, because a lot of times we wait for those opportunities. Sometimes as women in general, we wait for the opportunity. And it's like, you know, instead of waiting for a seat at the table, let's build our own table. Let's be seen. And it's also not just, I like to add this, it's not just about us or for us or women of color. It's also for other groups and organizations who are also looking to increase the diversity on their boards, on their stages, in their businesses, period. And so we're creating a growing list of women of color who are ready to step up, ready to step out of their comfort zones and do the work. We just, again, need to give the opportunity. And if we're given the opportunity and it's like, I messed up, everybody does that. That has nothing to do with your race or your color. You know, Um, it has to do with your preparation, you know, and things of that nature and the knowledge and the skills and abilities that you have. And so I'm actually, one thing that I'm excited about is that I'm actually getting the very first, my very first opportunity to speak at a chiropractic conference in the fall in St. Louis, Missouri. And it's um, a group, it's their second annual conference. It's called Evoke. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but Evoke Chiropractic Coaching. Um, Actually, all three of there is three um, African-American males who actually started this group. And they all went to the same school that we did. 
And the goal of a conference really is to just increase the visibility of our profession by sharing the importance of diversity and inclusion in, the, in chiropractic. And I also, I think about it like this, I probably would have never got the opportunity to really actually be on the stage if they haven't given me, didn't give me this opportunity to do so. And so I think about it like this, as a profession, if we're going to grow our profession and treat more of the population, and we talk about this, what percentage yes. of the population that we treat, yep. it's going to take all of us to do it and not just, you know, one group of individuals, because the majority of the patients that I see, I'm so excited about is because they've never been to a chiropractor before. They never mm -hmm. thought about going to a chiropractor before. And the only reason they came to me is because they felt like I could relate to them. I spoke their language. Um, I would listen and really understand them. And so, you know, I have a wellness-based practice. So from day one, I'm educating them about the importance of chiropractic. And so I feel like literally I'm changing the world one patient at a time because I'm introducing this field to so many people that never really even considered it. And if I wouldn't have got to the point where I got out of my introvert and my comfort zone and said, you know what, I'm going to start putting videos. I'm going to start talking about chiropractic. I'm going to start going live. Then there's a lot of people that I wouldn't have touched. And so again, it's all about really, you know, just growing. And sometimes you got to get uncomfortable, you know, to, to get to got, to get the job done. <laughs> but you know, yeah, that. I would say most of the time we'd have to get uncomfortable to get the job done. <laughs> yes very uncomfortable, but it is what it is. Like I say, what I, I always say that my fear, um, well, my purpose is greater than my fear, mm -hmm. you know? So I may yeah. be scared and I may be nervous to do certain things, but you know, when you feel like you have a genuine purpose and you find that purpose, um, then you just go for it. And for a long time, I was like upset with chiropractic. Like mm -hmm. I had left and I did, cause I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be successful. You know, I have these kids. I don't know anybody that looks like me that's successful. I've never, you know, and so all these things again, mindset, which is why that's important to me, but I had all these things going in my mind, you know, about like, how could I even possibly be successful? I don't see anybody that looks like me. So, you know, and on top of that, I have kids and I'm trying to find balance and I'm missing them grow up all these different things. And so that's why I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go in education. And I've been in education for a while. I started teaching as an adjunct, what was it like in 2010? And then I fully transitioned into uh, higher education. What was it like in 2013? So it, it's been a while. And for a while, I wasn't even thinking about practicing again. I'm like, eh, whatever, you know. But then there's like these, I guess kind of like the universe took over the, this series of things that happened that led me back into it. Like, no, this is where you're supposed to be. This is the time, you know. And so here I am. <laughs> Speaking of that, I want to hear from you how you manage all of these things, <laughs> how you manage, um, you know, essentially, I'm assuming at least volunteering for um, what will become a nonprofit or if, if isn't already a nonprofit organization, running a business, working at a, a college, raising two kids, keeping yourself healthy. How do you do that? Okay, so there is a quite a few things that I do. I'm really big on self-care. And so, you know, I prioritize, you know, my, my time, my self-care, making sure that I take time for myself. Because again, as, as, as women, we play many roles. And a lot of times we put our health on the back burner. And the reason why I started Healthy Modus 365, which my tagline is find health in every day, is because every day we have the choice to, to be healthy. Every day we have the choice to decide to do something healthy or do something unhealthy. And so this actually came out of, you know, what was it, in 2013, I actually lost one of my cousins. And that really, it really shook me up, you know. 
Um, and I started to get off track with my health and wellness. And so I wasn't taking care of myself. And I started my business, honestly, to help get me back on track. But some of the things that I do, like I said, I make sure every morning when I start the day, and this is something that I just recently started doing, maybe in the last year, I do like a five minute meditation. And it just helps to kind of get my mind ready in a positive mindset for the day. I also have affirmations that I do every morning that pretty much they they speak positivity and they let me know, okay, this is these are my goals. This is what I want to do. Um, and then I have a vision board that I, I look at. So, I mean, it takes me maybe 15 minutes to do that every day, but that starts my day in positivity. Then I make sure that throughout my, my work day, I take regular ba- breaks. So like if I have a meeting, I'm not going to schedule meetings back to back. If I have patients, I'm not going to schedule them back to back. I'm very one of my friends talks about, she talks about being intentionally busy versus just being busy. I'm very intentional about how busy I am. So I make sure you think about, you create a work schedule. I create a schedule of when I exercise, when I'm taking me time, when I have time for my family. Um, Because again, it's important to make sure you're fitting all those things in. And without that, before I started doing that, I was all over the place. I used to have anxiety. Like I would have like panic attacks and, oh my God, I have all these things to do until I got to the point where I'm like, this is not healthy. How can I be a chiropractor, talk about holistic health? And I'm all over the place with my own life. And so I had to really be aware and start to reflect and say, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm taking care of myself? And then also on top of that, I have to be completely honest. I have a super supportive spouse. That's super important. When you have a partner that allows, I'm not going to say allow, like he gives me permission, but you get what I'm saying. Like we respect each other. And, you know, if he knows I have something to do, okay, let me make sure I got the kids. Now that they're older, it makes it a lot easier. But even when they were younger, he, you know, he helped out a lot when it came to certain things. So I could be more flexible in building my career and things of that nature. So again, just really scheduling my day, prioritizing me and making sure that I have uh, me time, um, having a supportive spouse and not being afraid to say no, like no is a complete sentence. A lot of times we like say no and we feel like, oh, I have to explain. I have to say why you can say no. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you're burned out, it's okay to say that and things will be okay. And if somebody gets upset with you, then they don't really love you. If they're mad because you say no for your own self-care. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yes. All yes to all of that. (laughs) I have learned the hard way. I say like that I have to make time for myself and to make that, um, a priority. I want to say like the highest priority, but for someone that's not taking care of themselves at all and, um, is really stressed out, (laughs) then it's like, it's hard to even imagine taking more time for yourself, especially putting yourself at the top of the list. Right. But if you can just start with where you can start, like if it's five minutes or 15 minutes in the morning, that's where you start. Then that's where you start. And it gets easier from there. The more you embrace it and open up to the reality that things aren't all going to fall apart. If you make 15 minutes for yourself every day, things usually actually get a lot better. Yeah. And it's about, and I always tell people it's about small steps. The, the thing about it where most, cause I also do healthy lifestyle coaching with my clients, some of my clients and because I'm working on having online options. Okay. Instead of just being hands-on, <laughs> but um, I always tell them that it's about taking small steps not changing everything all at once. So like, if you know, if you're overwhelmed and you're not prioritizing self-care, it's not about like, okay, I'm going to change everything in my life all at once. You know, pick and choose your priorities, 
create those, make those habits, because when something becomes a habit, it's second nature and you don't have to think about it anymore, you know? And then once you have that, okay, what's the next thing that I want to tackle? And then next thing you know, you're to the point where you've created a healthier lifestyle, which is again, like why I always say find health in every day. Like what can you do to be healthier today? You know, like it used to be a challenge for me, like every morning and this is going to look gross, you know, but I have like a green (laughs) smoothie and, um, I make it every morning. At first it was a challenge, like, oh, you know, I got to make my smoothie. Now it's like, okay, whip it up. It's, it's not a thought, you know? And so then it's like, okay, now let me move on to the next thing. So it's yeah. not that, you know, I have it all figured out. Like you said, you learn by doing, you learn by the hard way, you know? And then you're like, okay, this is, I can't keep this up. I have to, if I'm going to, you know, have a long career, if I'm going to continue to take care of other people, I have to take care of myself first. Yes. I I hope, and one of the reasons why I started this podcast is so that other people can learn from the challenges that people who have gone before them have had and like not have to have those same challenges and problems. But honestly, I don't know if that's really realistic. It feels sometimes like people just really have to get to a point where they are in a place that is so painful that they then have the motivation to do things differently. So I've just come to accept that like a lot of people who listen to the podcast are not um, like in a super happy place and they're just like looking to prevent things from getting too stressful. They're usually feeling really stressed, really overwhelmed and quite honestly burned out. And that's why they're here listening. So, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you. And it sounds a little cheesy probably, but I feel really proud of you just for how you've grown over the years and, um, the leadership role that you're taking now as well. Well, Ditto to you as well. I, I never, like if you would have told me like the first day of chiropractic school, this would be my life right now. <laughs> I would have like, no way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, it's taken, it took me getting to a point where, like I said, I was, I wasn't happy. And I went through, like I said, I lost a cousin of mine in a very tragic way. And so, you know, not grieving properly and just not taking care of myself. It took me getting to the point where, like you said, an extreme pain point. Like I was just to the point where like, I cannot do this anymore. Something something has to change, you know? And so that's like, and like I mentioned, your podcast has been one of the things that I, I listen to, to help me understand that, you know what, there's more than one way to practice, you know, because especially with what I have going on working in higher education, I was very strategic about how I set my office up. My office is literally 10 minutes away from the college campus. I'm actually on the college campus right now. And um, I'm able to schedule my patients for a time that works for me And then also I have days where I have my administrative days, which again, that's something that I never thought about. Like I remember listening to one of your podcasts and then also talking about white space, like, okay, don't keep schedule things back to back. Make sure you have a day where you're doing your administrative stuff. So you're not like getting, you know, behind on taking, doing your notes and charting and social media, you know, because when you first start off, a lot of times you're a one woman show, you know? And so making sure that you have time to do all those things. So now when I get home in the evening, I'm not neglecting, you know, time that I can spend with my my family or neglecting time where I can, you know, maybe just have downtime or exercise or whatever it is I need to do. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot. Amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. So tell us where people can go if they want to learn more about your practice and then also where they can go if they want to learn more about chiropractic women of color. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my practice is Healthy Motives 365. So you can find me on Facebook at Healthy Motives 365. And also on Instagram at Healthy Motives 365, and it's 365 in numbers. Um, you can also, as far as chiropractic women of color, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. 
you can follow us at, it's spelled out chiropractic women of color on both Instagram and Facebook. And so again, like I said, we're looking to build that platform. It's not just about women of color. Um, We want to create a community where we can all work together. And there's a lot of people out there that have more experience that we are, that we have and we're more knowledgeable. And so we want to be able to partner with other groups and organizations and also provide women who can help to diversify your organizations as well. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. It's just really fun to connect with you and catch up. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you too. And thank you for everything that you're doing as well. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.